Well, there's a lot of discouraging things that you can read uh, about the status of the church in America. There are many who have written articles and there are books that have been published that talk about the death of the church in America, that it, it just continues to be in decline and there really is no hope for the church. It's going to be uh, in several years, just like a lot of churches in Europe where they're just empty cathedrals and there's really nothing of any substance going on around at all. And there are a lot of people who are saying the same kind of thing. We just live in a secular world today, and the church is sort of left behind. It's old-fashioned, and nobody is really interested in the church anymore. And so there's a lot of people that would agree with that. And there's a lot of people, even who claim to follow Jesus, that seem to feel that in the same spirit, like, I'm not sure. I don't know how this church is going to make it. I don't know if we're going to be able to pull through. And I, I don't like being boxed into a corner, uh, but more importantly than that, I don't like people telling me what God can't do because I believe in the power of God. I believe in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He is still alive and active and wanting to do some incredible things. I don't believe that the church sort of just lives out and dies out here in America. I don't think that is God's purpose for his church at all. And so what I want to do this morning is encourage us as we launch this series called Liquid Church, because I think maybe what we've done is we've misinterpreted what the church was supposed to do. And so what I want to do is share with you a statistic I came across, because I love statistics, and this came from the Barna Research Group, and it said this, 51% of unchurched adults, now these aren't people that don't go or do go to church, these are the ones that don't go to church, either have never gone or have left the church, 51% of those people are seeking something better spiritually than what they've experienced. Boy, there's a lot of hope in there for me, because there's over half of the people that have wandered away or have never been a part of the church, that they're looking for something different than what they've experienced, which makes you start thinking, what did they experience? And maybe it was just the same old, same old routine, just going through the motions and just doing the same thing and walking out the same way we walked in, that there just seemed to be no life, no transformation, no excitement, no passion for Jesus. And, and so I think there's a lot to be hopeful for. And a couple of years ago, I read a book called Liquid Church, and I just reread it in putting together this sermon series, and I love the analogy so much, and we read it just a moment ago as Linda read that passage, and it was in the video as well, and I want to unpack that a little bit, because maybe as you were listening to it or hearing it again on the video, there might have been something like, I don't really get that. I don't understand what's going on. Well, it was a vision that God had given to his prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament, so that means it was before Jesus came into the world, and they had a temple in Jerusalem. And so the temple in Jerusalem was the hub of everything that went on. The temple mount still stands there in Jerusalem. I've stood on that temple mount before. And so you can still see it there. And it was the center of all of the life for Jewish people in that culture. And so when you talk about the temple, everybody would gather there for words. That's where all the sacrifices took place. That's where everything of significance took place. And in the midst of that, Ezekiel gets this beautiful picture of what it looks like and what God intends it. So if you have a Bible and want to look at Ezekiel chapter 47, I encourage you to look over at that. I just want to give you, again, sort of a picture of what took place. So again, Ezekiel has this vision of the temple. And outside of the threshold, there is what later we know is a little trickle of water coming from under the threshold. 
Now, if you just see that today, if there's all of a sudden you see just a little trickle of water, we're like, oh, wow, that is cause for panic. Like, well, let's shut the water off. Let's figure out where the pipe bursts, and let's clean up the mess that we have here. But this is a vision. And so then Ezekiel finds himself taken a little bit away from the temple, and it's about a third of a mile. And a third of the mile away, he looks down, and now this little trickle that was just coming down the steps of the, the throne room in the temple was now ankle deep. And he goes about another third of a mile, and now it's knee deep. And he gets another third of a mile away, and it's waist deep. And then another third of a mile from there, and now it's a river. And he's like, man, no one can cross this. It's just going. And he looks around, and all of this flourishing is going on, where even the Dead Sea, where nothing grows. I floated in the Dead Sea. There's nothing living around there. It says even the Dead Sea is transformed because of this living water that flowed from the temple. And so look what happens. Take a look at the end of verse, or the section, verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. I think this is an incredible picture of what the church was designed to be. And so God gives Ezekiel this picture. It's not everybody just coming to the temple. It's about the temple going out into the community to reach those that are hurting, to reach those that need healing. That's what the living water is supposed to go forth. And if you just hoard all the living water, you don't fulfill the purpose of God. In fact, what happens is just the verse right before this. Look at verse uh, 11. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt where nothing grows. You know, it's true of swamps and marshes. There's no water that's coming out of it. And as I was reading through this, I, I couldn't help but to think of so many churches that do just that. There's living water, but it just stops with them. It never goes outside the church. And we wonder why so many people are walking away from the church. They're not walking away from living water. They're just not being refreshed like they should be. And so let me ask you one of two very important questions I want you to wrestle with. And the first one is simply this. What is flowing from St. John? As you think about that, what does the community say is flowing from St. John? Or is St. John just a really great place to come? Or is it a great place where living water is flowing out of? What is flowing from St. John? Well, this really is the question that we've been wrestling with over the last year as we talk about our vision 2025. And it started a year ago with a survey that we gave to everybody who was a part of St. John. Anybody could fill that out. And we took all of that information, pages and pages and pages of just thoughts and comments and things that people wrote down. And we sort of combined and shifted, sifted through all of that information. And, and we kept coming back to, and it seemed like there were just six key thoughts that came out of that. And so a, a team of people on that strategic planning team got together and we shared it with 
with the board and we shared it with the staff, we shared it with the, the elders and we got feedback from them and then just a few weeks ago we shared it at a future forum. And I just want to share in part with you because what we saw is these living waters that flow, like this is what we really want the next five years to look like and some strategies that we're going to use because the whole purpose of this is we want to become more of what Jesus intends us to be. And so I want to share these um, things with you. And I realize as I share these things with you that are already there are some people that even just sharing that little picture of Ezekiel, they're like, man, we're ready to go. Sign us up. I am on it. Whatever you need me to do, and I'm there. And I know there's also some people on the other side of the continuum who are like, I don't really know about that because I really want the church to be about me and my needs. And I get that because there's still a piece of me that wants church to be all about me until I remember what Jesus said, that I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so I realized that there's all kinds of people on a continuum on this, you know, what probably the best way to describe it is the bell curve. And you've probably all seen a bell curve at some point. There are early uh, innovators and the early adapters and early majority people, late majority people, and laggards who, who sort of fall behind. And, and frankly, we need all of those people. So if you find yourself whatever, you're like, man, I'm ready to go. Let's change and let's go out into the community. Let's make a difference in the world that we can be living water to people. Great, you're our innovators and we love innovators. Uh, but there are people like, I'm just going to sort of wait and see how this plays out a little bit. That's great. Early adapters. Early majority, well, it looks like everybody's moving that direction. Let's start moving in that direction. And late majority, well, I guess we're late to the game. Let's go along this way. And then the laggards are like, man, we, I guess this is the only chance we got now. We got to move along with us. But we need all of those people there. Because frankly, I've been around a lot of laggards before in my life, and laggards ask really good questions and can really help us frame what we're going to be like. So what we said we're going to be like as a church um, comes from these six strategic initiatives, and we're going to be talking about these over the next several weeks. Uh, but I just want to give you a snapshot of these from the Vision 2025 key initiatives. And the first one is strategic partnerships. And it started out as church planning, because a lot of people mentioned, hey, we really want to be planning churches. We talked about that. Let's get back to church planning. And it's the more we talked about that and wrestled and prayed about it as leaders, we thought, maybe God's not calling us to plant churches. Maybe God is calling us to come alongside of churches and help. And maybe it's for a very short period of time. Maybe it's for a lo little longer period of time. Maybe it's for a long, very long period of time. Or maybe it is to plant another church. But this could be all kinds of partnerships. Maybe it's a preschool that we come Because we can do preschool really well. We've got a phenomenal preschool here. We can do that really well. Maybe we come alongside and help other preschools be everything that God created them to be. We can do this with churches. In fact, this morning, Pastor Tim is preaching out at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Cisco, Texas. We've been partnering with them for a while. And I love that partnership. And so next week, I'll be out there, and after the service, I'm meeting with your elders and the board, and we're going to begin to talk about what does this partnership look like over the next six months? How can we help you, and, and how can we make this a mutually beneficial relationship? So strategic partnerships, I love this idea. Healthy churches should be helping other churches be as healthy as they possibly can be. We're blessed to be a blessing. That's another way of saying that. So strategic partnerships are a big piece of this. The next one is communication. And that's a broad term. We realize that. But let me just give you a word picture to think about this. This is going to show my age a little bit. How many of you remember the day when you were hungry and you're like, hey, let's order pizza. Great. Uh, what's the number for the pizza place? And you go to this big book. It was yellow. And you open up and you go to P's and you look through pizzas and you start looking down and you find your pizza place. How many of you remember that, by the way? 
All right, some of you who are like under 40 are like, what are you talking about? I have no idea. Well, there's a big yellow book. It's called the Yellow Pages. And you looked up information for that. And that's how you got your stuff. And you're like, why would you do that when you got a phone that tells you instantly, just Google, where's the nearest pizza place? And it'll tell you right where that is. Well, back in the old day, we had to look that up and figure out for ourselves where we wanted to order pizza from. And you're like, well, that's strange. And a thought occurred to me is like, this is where a lot of people, I think, look at the church like Yellow Pages. It's like, man, that is old. That is so irrelevant today. And so I love the fact that we stream our services on Facebook and YouTube. And it's not because everything on Facebook and YouTube is godly. It's because we want to be there because people are there. I love the fact that we've got some short videos that we put on there, those questions and responses. I love the fact that we do that because that's where people are looking, that's where people are, and they're looking for information. Why can't we point them in the direction of Jesus? So when it comes to communication, we want to continue to adapt our communication styles to reach a whole different group of people. So that's what we want to be about. We want them to experience the living water as well. Well, the next one after this is local and global missions. We're going to be talking about this uh, next week, so I encourage you to come back and be uh, more a part of this. But back in February, we brought on a mission coordinator, Sue Dorn. And uh, right after we brought her on, it was like now um, COVID hits, and now everything sort of changes. And you saw it just briefly in that video where um, as soon as that pandemic hit and people were talking about, well, we should wear masks, Um, We had a group of people that made masks, and she took a bunch of these masks over and took them over to every one of the grocery stores on the four corners right here at Debbie Lane and Matlock and just handed those out here. This is just a gift. We want to give it to you. Thank you for serving our community and having groceries available for us. That we want to take living water to our community. That's what it's like. We're going to hear more about this next week. The next one we talk about is reaching the next generation of people. And I love the fact that we've got youth ministry and we have children's ministry here and we've got a preschool here. I think it's incredible to have because we want to raise up the next generation of Jesus followers. We start preschool on Tuesday here and I'm anxious for that. I can't wait to have kids back on campus and we've been doing everything we can to make everything safe. And our preschool team has been phenomenal of doing everything they possibly can do. We had a a family register just last week, and the, I think the last people to register for school. And so they came in and was talking to the director, and, uh, and she asked, well, why, why is it that you want to bring your child here to St. John? They said, well, to be really honest with you, um, they were starting to ask questions about God, and we didn't know how to answer them. And so we looked for the best um, Christian school we could find, and we found yours, and that's why our daughter's here. And she's like, man, we can help you with that. We've got a whole connected home center, and that, for those of you who are here, right outside the door to the left, all kinds of free resources. And we're getting ready to put all of these online as well, that you can get access to all of these resources so you can teach faith in the home. If you're one of the parents, like, I don't know how to teach faith to my kids at home. We have resources. We want to help you to do that. We want you to be the spiritual hero in your family. And so we've got resources available for you because we want to reach the next generation of people. The next one is raising up future church leaders. And this has been a passion of mine from almost day one in ministry. Because when I did my intern, I had a great experience in my internship experience as a great church and had worked with a great pastor. And as I came back from my fourth year at seminary, because your third year is an internship, and I came back from my fourth year and a lot of my classmates uh, quit. And as I talked to some of them, ones I was close to, I said, well, why aren't you continuing? Why aren't you finishing? You're this close. He's like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I, I, like this, if this is what church is, I can't do this for my life. I've got to find something else to do with my life. And it broke my heart. Because I thought, man, if 
ever there should be healthy churches raising up future church leaders. This is what healthy churches need to do. Don't send um, interns who are excited about ministry in the world. Don't send them to dying churches that aren't really doing anything, that are just stagnant water, that are just marshes, not doing anything. Send them to churches where there's the Spirit of God is alive and well and it's refreshing and going out into community. And this is where I really do. I hope I live to see the day that we've got countless interns from pastors to directors of Christian education to, to communication interns to preschool director in like, any area in ministry that we can think of that we've got people rising up because frankly, I'm turning 52 this month. And 10 years from now, I don't want the story to be told of St. John. Well, you know what? The staff is just 10 years older. I, I want to be intentionally raising up the next generation of people that we are constantly bringing new living water. And this is what we need to be about, raising up future church leaders. And then the last one, none of these things happen, by the way, if you don't have a solid financial footing. And this is, we really work hard at this, and I, I want us to become even better at this. And we've got a lot of generous people who support the ministry, and it's wonderful. We, we don't spend more than we take in, and so we're very diligent and work really, really hard at that and make sacrifices where we need to. But one of the things I'm really proud of is over the last, um, I've been here almost five years, and we paid off almost a half million dollars um, in debt in that time. And we are in the process with this Heart for His House campaign that we launched almost three years ago. It ends this year. And if everybody fulfills their commitment, we'll pay off um, three quarters of a million dollars worth of debt. We are just freeing ourselves up um, to walk into the future, that nothing is holding us back. And that excites me as I think about that opportunity we have. And we work hard at handling our finances. And just so you know, um, in case I think it's good information and not everybody knows this, uh, we do QuickBooks Online. So that's our accounting software. And every one of our board of directors has access to QuickBooks Online so they can see every single transaction that happens at the church. So we don't hide anything from anybody. And we do that at our voters meeting. We are just an open book. Here are the numbers. And we want everybody to know that we're on solid financial footing. So why do I share um, all this? Because this is really the dream I have for this church, and it's a dream I have for the bigger uh, kingdom church. But none of this really happens unless we take time to ask this second most important question is, what's flowing from you? Because frankly, if living water isn't flowing from you, it's not going to flow from this church. And so I don't want to really challenge you to do is through this series is to be asking yourself this question, what is flowing from you? And to help you with that, I want to give you some tools. I didn't just want to guilt you into doing that. And I want to give you four things. And they're sort of an escalating um, kind of scale. So for those of you who like challenges and you're like, oh, the first one's really easy. They, they get harder as you go along. Uh, but maybe you're ready to take on all four of these challenges or maybe you just want to take one or two or three of these challenges, whatever you want to do. And, and the first is a pretty simple one. Would you just pray? Pray that you can become living water, that you just don't soak in the grace of God and hoard it to yourself, but you are, are a conduit of that grace of God, that it flows to you and flows out of you into the community. And so pray that we become living water like this. In just a few minutes, you'll get an opportunity to sign up. I put together verses and a little prayer, um, just an email that get texted to you every single, or emailed to you every single day, just to remind you to pray that we become this kind of church. Everybody can pray. You don't have to be a spiritual giant to pray, so you can certainly do that. If you want to take uh, the next step after that, We've got these wonderful home plans. And a couple times a year, we encourage people to take some time and to go through these plans. And we've got one for kids, 
We've got one for teens. We've got one for adults. And if you're here today, you can pick them up at our Connected Home Center right outside the door to your left. Um, or in just a moment, you'll be able to sign up and we'll digitally send these to you. And this you can take a few minutes to, to go through and discover where it is you need to grow in your relationship with God and your relationship with your family, uh, parenting, all kinds of issues. And then in the back, you get an opportunity of just what, what am I going to do with this? How can I become more like living water? So I encourage you. That's the second stage after that. The third one after that is to get involved. Now, we got a lot of volunteers, and the only way Sunday morning happens here and ministry really throughout the week is because of volunteers. Uh, we got a wonderful tech team. We had some issues Thursday night that we found out about that wasn't going to allow us to project and do anything online. And so the a team of volunteers, all of them, none of them get paid for this, but they were working hard so we could actually have projection for Sunday. That only happens because we got a great team of volunteers that run the cameras and run the crew and do all that. I love the fact that we've got a cafe out there to create an environment in which people can connect with others and not just connect with others, um, but 30% of everything that we take in there goes back toward missions and even more than that because it goes to support Hope Coffee, which is a wonderful organization um, as they establish churches um, down there in Central America. So I love the fact, we're just at 9.30, we have a whole bunch of small groups. All our children's small groups meet, adult small groups meet here. All those are volunteer-led. We've all volunteers here and we do so much but I know there's so many who are watching online and so many who are here that aren't involved and we don't guilt people into serving we don't want to be about guilt we never get up here and say we need 15 volunteers to do this we want to take the time to discover what it is that you're passionate about because frankly if you get guilted into something and you do it and you serve and you don't have a passion for it you're gonna make everybody miserable <laughs> and we'd rather not have that we want people who serve and who love serving and so we want to take the time to get to know that, and that might be your next step. And maybe some of you are like, you know what, I've been sitting here far too long. It's time for me to get involved and do that, and we're going to help you to do that as well. And then the last one is a step four class. I alluded to this one in the announcements. Um, that's a leadership development track, and we start that uh, Tuesday night, and it's all virtual. Um, this year and so we bring in guest speakers we discuss books and we challenge one another and we really live by the proverb as iron sharpens iron so does one person sharpen another that we want to become better employees we want to become in better employers we want to become better um, husbands and become better wives we want to become better people and if you're interested in developing yourself and man I'll give 17 weeks to, to that journey um, that's a little bit more of a commitment but I would encourage you to do that now how can you begin to take this challenge well we tried again make this very very simple and so you can pull out your phone right now if you want to your tablet whatever you need to do and text plan to 833-440-0137 and what happens when you text plan um, to that is if you did it right and you didn't put exclamation points or please send me the plan or didn't write out something else if you just type plan this is what you'll see and up there you'll have your name, first name, last name, email address. And then on there, there's four boxes. You can check all four if you want or you just want to check one. First one is I'll pray daily. Uh, email me the daily prayer and you'll get that. That's the one I mentioned. Uh, I will take the My Home Plan Assessment, email it to me, and we'll email all three of these to you if you check that box. I will use my gifts. Help me to get plugged in, and we'll engage you in a conversation and help discover your gifts, and so encourage you to do that one. I will take the Step 4 class, send me the information, and you can check that off right away. And so that's what you're going to get. And so I want to challenge you um, to do that today uh, while you're thinking of this. Now, now why? Well, we certainly want to be living water, but Jesus calls us to be living water. I want to share with you in closing 
uh, a verse in the Gospel of John. If you've got your Bible and want to look at this, in John chapter 7, on verse 37, it says this, On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, so again, on the temple, and here's there, and all people gathered around, and he speaks in a loud voice, not just something just for his disciples to hear, or select few, but for everybody to hear. And he stands up in a loud voice, he says, Let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. This is what Jesus wants his followers to do, to not just soak up the living water for themselves, but to be a conduit of that so that living water will flow from within them. God gives you that living water, and out of that living water then flows that refreshment to other people. This is what God wants the church to be, liquid. If you just hoard it to yourself, it's just a little trickle in here. But you want to see the Spirit of God move like a mighty river that's bringing refreshment and transformation and changing the world, then we have to go out and share the living water with the world. We have to get out and share Jesus with the world. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, more abundant. When Peter and John were arrested and thrown into prison, an angel sets them free and says, go out and tell these people about the new life that there is refreshment that comes from knowing Jesus, and we can't keep that to ourselves. Our job is to proclaim that to everyone we meet, and may God grant us that opportunity this week to take living water from this place so that more people get to hear the name of Jesus and be set free. There are far too many people who are parched and thirsty. There are far too many people who are living in a desert. There are far too many people who are trapped. There are far too many people who are hurting. There are far too many people who need to be healed. This is why Jesus gives us living water, that we can take that living water to people who desperately need it. This is not a build it and they will come. This is let's go out and give them the living water.